Hello, everyone. I'm Philip Mead. And I'm Scott Stigmeyer. And I'm Danny Webb. And this is The Blackest Eyes, a podcast for intelligent conversation about horror movies. And this is episode three of season one. And tonight we're discussing uh, movies related to exorcisms. And in particular, we're going to discuss a Korean film that none of us knew anything about before we watched it for this podcast. And it's called The Priests, a 2015 film about exorcisms. So I think we're about to have a great conversation. We're sure glad that you have joined us. If you haven't already, be sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and we'll keep pumping out all the updates and relevant information about the website and the podcast. And of course, make sure that you're subscribing to that podcast through your favorite podcast catcher. So let's do it. Let's talk about the cigarette-smoking Father Kim in the 2015 horror movie, The Priests. All right, guys, here we are, ready for another episode. Glad to be with you. Scott, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. So we're out here in uh, Southern California, still in the middle of the COVID uh, pandemic, 2020. And uh, we're going to start school in about three weeks, and we're still not 100% sure how we're going to do that. But, you know, every, every day is interesting. Yeah. And what's going on with you, Danny? <laughs> Basically the same. Waiting. Uh, we actually start office hours at our college next week. So starting uh, August third, I will be creating some type of normalcy around the campus. At least registering students and trying to prep for classes and just waiting for the other shoe to drop and going all online. But right now we're planning on having the equivalent of normal in-person classes in the fall. Very good. Well, things seem to be changing pretty dramatically, at least in the state of Kentucky. Uh, cases continue to be on the increase. Governor Bershear is very concerned. He's talking about making some additional changes or restrictions, probably primarily related to restaurants and bars and this kind of thing. But yeah, yeah, it's been uh, crazy to watch and be a part of. We hope everybody out there is staying safe and uh, maybe enjoying some good horror movies and listening to some good podcasts. So let's talk about The Priest. Scott, I think you're up, man, for a synopsis, uh, just a general overview of the film. Why don't you give that to us and we'll see what we can do with it. All right. <clears throat> so uh, as uh, as Philip mentioned, this is uh, South Korean picture. So um, we've got it, the, the story begins with the, um, a, a girl who's possessed. Uh, high school girl and Father Kim, who is the uh, priest who has sort of a, a relationship with her and knows her, and he is also trying to exercise this demon, and he needs an assistant. That's kind of the important part. And but the assist he's gone through several assistants for this ritual who've quit, and he needs someone who meets certain criteria. So they they end up sending to him. Um, a deacon uh, named uh, Brother Choi, and he's, I, I think he's still a seminary student or, or something, you know, in, in the Catholic Church, 
deacon, you become a deacon before you become a priest. So anyway, so Choi is young and he's sent to work with Father Kim. And Father Kim is kind of world weary. He's kind of jaded and uh, like he's seen it all before. And Choi seemed at first kind of like a, a ne'er-do-well kind of a goof, goofy guy, you know, cheating on tests and, you know, breaking rules at the seminary and so forth. They seem like an unlikely pair, but um, they do uh, manage to work together. And this girl who is um, held in a in a location where she is, um, the priests visit her. Well, her parents are very upset. Her parents are uh, feel like this Father Kim has let them down. And so they have brought in like a shaman. A shaman comes in and, and tries to do some sort of exorcism and, and it doesn't quite work. Uh, Choi and Kim finally work out kind of an agreement with each other and they start to uh, do an exorcism. The girl um, sh- manifests all the kind of normal phenomena that you see in these exorcism movies. Uh, super strength. She even has projectile vomiting. She can speak in other languages and, uh, and so forth. So Choi becomes more serious. He becomes more uh, zeroed in on things as it, as it progresses. So as a s- sort of subplot, um, some of the other higher ups in the uh, church feel that Kim, Father Kim, is a um, is a rogue priest or something, and so they kind of talk to Choi and say, "Why don't you spy on him and film him, and you know, essentially look for ways that we can undermine him because he's kind of an embarrassment, I think, to the church." Choi tries to do that, but eventually he sort of, you know, gets the idea, and the two of them are on the same wavelength. The uh, they do finally reach a moment where the 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 demon leaves the girl, and they've what they've done is they've brought a pig, and just like in the gospel stories where Jesus casts the the demons out of the man into the herd of swine, the demon goes into the pig, and uh, the girl seemingly dies, and and Choi who, who or Kim who knows her sits and grieves and Choi has the task these are just the last few minutes Choi has the task of taking this now demon possessed piglet and he's supposed to throw it in a river and as he goes down there's all sorts of obstacles first the police show up and they don't want they want to detain him he gets away from that then there's all sorts of traffic accidents he eventually gets to a bridge he eventually throws the piglet you know but you know you're not sure if he's made it in time he has to he had a time limit in which he must do this and he he throws himself into the river at the end as well and the happy ending is that the girl in the ambulance seems to be moving her fingers like maybe she didn't really die and Choi comes out of the river and seems to be recovered and in his sound mind and they go off into the sunset. Yeah, thank you. Good job. There. That was that was very good. What that I, I'll just add at the very very beginning of the film, we see two priests, one in the back seat, really holding something close to his chest. We don't really know exactly what it is, and it's making demonic sounds. And they seem to be in a rush, and they're zeroed in, as you were saying, like nothing was going to get in their way. We actually find out later they actually hit a young girl who ends up being the possessed girl. 
and they didn't even stop to make sure she was okay because they were intent. But at the time, we had no idea what they were intent about or why this was important or whatever. And then we see the basically the same exact scenario recreated at the end of the movie. I love it when movies do that. It reminds me of The Thing. You remember at the very beginning of The Thing, a helicopter is chasing a dog shooting at it. You have no idea why. It seems like these people are just insane, which is, of course, what McCready and all the other guys thought. And they bring the dog in to keep it safe. Well, by the end of the movie, they're chasing around trying to kill everything as well. But now you know why. It made sense of the uh, beginning of the thing. This movie does something uh, very similar. So good job. Let's well, just talk about overall opinion first, and then we'll get into some details. Danny, what was your take on The Priests? I enjoyed it. Um, I'm a little surprised. I, I was uh, unaware of uh, of the Catholic influence in South Korea to this extent. Uh, this is a film with even more sort of historical Catholicism uh, theology than The Exorcist. Uh, this this is heavy with verses and and you know scenes in the uh, with deacons and talking about the pope and it's just really heavy and i was very aware of the you know the christian influence in south korea our church supported a missionary that was there for a while but i had no idea that there was that much you know catholicism being that central what it is presented as very culturally central um but yeah, I enjoyed the film a lot. It 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 actually I mean, it's a horror film for sure, but it it stylistically kind of felt like an action film. Uh, the way it was shot, the the camera motion, uh, some of the some of the sort of comic relief kind of scenes felt less like horror film and more like a stylish action movie. Overall, really enjoyed it, um, though. I, I don't know if there's a ton of stuff to talk about for me, but I bet you guys saw a lot of theological stuff to talk about. Um, yeah, I loved it. I, the last two, Exorcist 3, uh, I, we've done, the last two we've done, Exorcist 3 and this one, have both been just surprisingly uh, enjoyable movies for me, but this one maybe even more so. I, I've, I was connected to it right from the beginning, totally all in. And the stylistic thing you were talking about, uh, at the beginning, when we were getting those shots of the city, the nighttime shots of the city, it was uh, Seoul, uh, South Korea. Uh, before we get to the car scene I was just talking about where they're they're in an accident. To me, did any, either of you guys pick up on this? To me, it looked like a Michael Mann film, the way that he films um, cities at night. Absolutely. Either. It's heavily Western-influenced, uh, Hollywood-y um, cinematography in the movie yeah it was, it was, I, lo I love man's one of my favorite he, there's just a beautiful beginning so i was already intrigued by the movie from there but yeah i've got a ton of uh, things here listed that i was picking up on as we were walking through father kim is probably my new favorite person uh, in general just i want to be that guy you know it, it just there's a there's a there's a meme going around uh, the those of us on the inside were just laughing our heads off at this with all this covid business and all of our parishioners having so wide of extreme on spectrum of what we're supposed to be doing shouldn't be doing listening to authorities not listening to authorities wearing masks not wearing masks you know and all the all the rigmarole that's going on with that there's this meme of <laughs> this guy standing outside this building and he looks just like totally beat up and he's got a cigarette in his hand and he's like smoking. He's just standing there. And the, the title of the meme says, 
here is every pastor in America right now. <laughs> it's just great. Like we're all just smoking outside because we're you know, all the stress that's going on. And basically, Father Kim was like that person, right? He's just he's seen it all. He's experienced it all. He's smoking. He doesn't care. He's kind of obnoxious, and yet he's incredibly compelling and uh, such an interesting character. So. Uh, I, I I was totally into the film from beginning to end. Scott, what was your take? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I, um, I, I went into it not really knowing what to expect. I hadn't read much about it. I hadn't heard anything about it other than that we discovered it as we were looking for movies to review. And I have really enjoyed a number of South Korean pictures that I've seen in the last couple of years. So I, you know, I, I anticipated this to be well done. Um, I and one of the yes, I also thought I thought both actors did a really good job. I liked Father Kim a lot. I was really intrigued with the sort of combo of the of the South Asian culture uh, with shamanism and some of the um, elements of being a South Korean film, and then the yes, Catholicism, Roman Catholicism, mm-hmm. with all the stuff that we recognize as as Catholic accoutrements and and uh you know all the visuals and and sort of the clash of maybe or merging of cultures i I found that fascinating there's a number of ways that came through for me um that we can probably talk about but you know one in particular while they're doing the exorcism at the end and Choi is kind of fine brother Choi is finally kind of getting on the on board he he I, i i don't know why but he thinks to play bach so you know he goes and gets this you know 17th century german uh, baroque composer he starts playing bach i don't know bach well enough johann sebastian bach well enough to know what he was playing but some sacred music and the demon is like oh but i mean you know it's 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 western european and so those kind of mixtures of cultures i found fascinating Here's the first question I want to ask you, though, and I guarantee you this is not the question you thought was getting ready to come first, so I probably maybe should have prepped you, but here's here's the question. Danny, let me start with you on this. Is this film sexist? Okay, so I actually, I didn't expect that question, but I have actually got notes on it, uh, so, because um, I wanted to talk about it. I, I don't know. Honestly, there's, uh, here's my complete uh, lack of knowledge of almost everything culturally about this film um in in the film and the reason you're asking this question i imagine is because the demon has possessed the young girl and he desperately needs to get into a male vessel because women are weak mm-hmm. all right um and i i don't know if that is i don't know how to take it or i, I did not find it offensively sexist i mean i don't think there's a ton of other touchstones, things in the movie that you would point to other than that, but it, it comes up a lot, right? Uh, the, the whole idea of needing that male, the strength of the male. Um, in the end, I mean, it's a demon, so I don't know if it's uh, if demons favoring men makes women seem any less. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to... Uh, this is a South Korean film, so the folks who are watching it uh, within that cultural context are going to have insight into some of these questions in a way that, that we won't, which opens the door to all kinds of conversation in terms of how you interpret, or how you interpret a text, especially the Bible. Uh, how is it that you get to the context? This comes to the historical grammatical approach of interpretation of scripture, especially, but that's true for anything with any work 
of literature, of art, contextually, how does that speak into us and in, in, in the way that we interpret it? But there's also then a theological biblical uh, insight into this because the Bible does in fact speak of vessels, right? Weaker and stronger, but then you have to make the step, the interpretive step to determine what, well, what does that mean? So in the movie, is it a physical thing that the demon needs a a physically strong body in order to accomplish what he wants to accomplish? Well, that's one thing. Or is it more of an emotional, spiritual thing? Well, that would be saying something quite different, I think. Scott, what, what about you? What was your take on that? Well, I, I guess I would have consigned that to just being sort of a cultural sort of um, thing, a feeling. Although, as we're talking about it, I, I'm reminded in, in, of of hereditary do you remember that the little girl had sort of um some kind of demonic thing going on and it was supposed to be a boy she was supposed to be a boy or whatever so it was her brother that ends up with the demon i think that i think a similar theme was in that movie and that's not a south korean movie yeah you're absolutely right so i don't know what that means but yeah i saw it too (laughs) yeah it i just want to start there i don't want us to ignore those kinds of things but it didn't have an impact on me that made me that made me sour, you know, towards the film. Either of you, did it have that kind of reaction to you? No. Oh no, yeah, no, no. I I mean, if anything, I mean, there was even the moment where he was spraying what pheromones on on they were spraying pheromones on each other, so that, yeah, you know, the to trick the demon that they right. you know that they would smell f- female. I mean, that was almost funny, right? I mean, that was kind of a maybe sexist but it was i think intended to be a little little funny at least at that moment well especially because at that point deacon Choi wasn't really on board yet so no. he was kind of getting sprayed with this stuff with a look <laughs> on his face like are you kidding me yeah he really aggressively sprayed it back i did didn't he <laughs> oh, it was great oh it was so good um so piggybacking on that in terms of maybe difficult controversial Topics. The film was made in 2015, which was right at the height of uh, some real complications within the Roman Catholic Church as it pertains to child abuse, sexual abuse, uh, actions from clergy and priests that are completely inappropriate, and the implications and ramifications of those things are going on to this day. We're in 2020 right now. Um, and Scott, you, you briefly mentioned the sub subplot of uh, the leadership, the higher-ups of uh, the Catholic Church, at least in South Korea, are wanting to know a little bit more about Father Kim. Let's get some things on video. Let's spy on him a little bit. But I took it i took it to be maybe a little bit more nefarious than maybe you did. Uh, I think in your d- description you mentioned like he's kind of rogue and he's just lost his mind or something. Maybe that was it. But I actually took it as there, there's a concern here of indecent... In illegal sexual assault that's taking place uh, on Father Kim's part. Because, and the reason I think that is, you remember when Deacon Choi is listening to the tapes and you hear the girl saying things like, stop touching me, right? And uh, she gives an indication that there's something inappropriate happen. And she also says that when we get to see the live exorcism taking place when Deacon Choi is there. It starts out that way, and then it progresses to where, oh, no, okay, well, this obviously is uh, a demon. Up at that point, we really didn't know. 
Because when, and I'm kind of now I'm jumping all over the place, but when Father Kim was with Father Jung, is that, was that his name? The original priest. I don't remember. What? Park, maybe? Well, Park was his deacon assistant that quit oh. on him. Oh, yeah. But the original priest oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. ended up not being able to, to hang any longer, you know, he kind of seemed, he thought he was possessed, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, goes in and starts doing, tying them, his wrists up and putting... But at that, I don't know about you guys, but at that point, I was like, "Is this is maybe Father Kim really is just out of his mind? Maybe he's just totally lost it." So, yeah. So I just want to raise that up. The child, you know, sexual abuse angle. Did you guys see that, Danny? What did you see that at all? Yeah, that's definitely there. The uh, remember the uh, after one of the meetings uh, with the uh, cardinal, they show a newspaper and it has both the story about the failed exorcism and the story about the uh, priest sexual abuse are the are the two headlines on the paper so hmm. it's obvious that the you know the catholic church is kind of under fire there uh, at the time yeah that's interesting i i actually don't remember that was that just subtitled on the yeah well yeah I, uh, my korean is not that good yeah it was subtitled some of the subtitles you know as you as they're walking down the street or as they were things would just pop up really fast did that happen on your alls absolutely i did a lot of pausing Okay. And Maybe I think I just, I just missed, said might have been something that I paused. Um, and one of the subtitle tracks on the disc that we're all, we were all watching uh, did more of the translating the stuff that was in the image and was in you know on the screen uh, rather than just the stuff they were saying. So that also I may have watched the a, a different subtitle track. Mm-hmm. What about you, Scott? Did you see any of that? Those angles? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean. Right, because there's at least the twice, like the two times you mentioned where uh, the recording and where they're with her, where she says something, you've touched me or, yeah, it's definitely the the inference you're supposed to supposed to take. Um, you know, but the devil is a liar. And I think that they they clarify that that's probably not at work here. But, yeah, you don't know that at first. And, and I think you're right. I think that's what the church higher one of the things that the church hierarchy has in mind when they're when they send Choi to watch him. I also do think that that they're thinking of him as a bit of an embarrassment too, mm-hmm. just because he's all into this spiritual warfare stuff. Because in the earlier one, an earlier scene where where Kim is actually speaking to Art the Archbishop, and the Archbishop says, "Well, officially, I can't grant you permission, but that's just officially, you know, air quotes." Um, so so he's with this this group of clergy um, uh, higher authorities in the church who seem to be one of them even laughs while he's describing what's going on. Yeah. So I, I think it's both. I think you're right to point out the sexual abuse angle. But I also think there's an angle where he's, you know, seen as kind of a fanatic or kind of lost in the middle ages or something like that like we had in the exorcist we saw some of that in the exorcist yeah it's been a real common theme hasn't it Mm -hmm. this uh kind of battle between reason logic and the supernatural and i I think another common theme that we've talked about is that these exorcism films that we've watched so far are kind of love letters to the catholic church (laughs) in the end these are almost marketing material I, i think the catholic church comes off pretty well in in even this one Another another topic here that I have is just the I just wrote the word redemption, and uh, I want to flesh that out a little bit with Choi. 
when Choi was young, I'm going to say, how old would he have been there? Nine or ten, maybe? Even younger than that, perhaps. He and his younger sister are attacked by a dog. They both kind of make a run for it. The dog goes after the the little girl. And there's another comment there about going after the, the smaller, the weaker uh, vessel. In this case, just size. And... Um, yeah, he isn't able to save her. She she dies from this dog attack, and that obviously is haunting him for his whole life. And I just golly, I found this whole this whole take so interesting because Father Kim is crazy in some ways, but he's also unbelievably insightful and sums up. You know, is able to read Choi in a matter of minutes when they first meet one another, and he surmises brilliantly that. He's gone to seminary. He wants to become a priest, ultimately, at the end of the day, to help his sister get out of purgatory quicker. We talked a lot about that with Exorcist 3, or or with the original Exorcist, whatever. One of the podcasts we talked about purgatory and that theological bent in Roman Catholicism. And so you could see this certainly happening, that Choi wants to do something good with his life. He wants to become a priest, seminary, the church angle, in order to make up for his failure to save his sister. And then what he kind of grows into throughout the film is, well, actually, no, this isn't just something I'm doing for her. It's something I'm doing because it's right and it's true. And so the redemption story here is fascinating because not only is he personally redeemed by saving this girl and returning, because at one point he leaves, just like he's he's haunted that he left his sister when they were young, but then he goes back and he completes the exorcism. And so there's personal redemption there. But then we see the larger picture, which is he sacrifices himself. This is another major first exorcist theme when Father Karras throws himself out the window. Uh, he jumps over the bridge holding the uh, piglet. And so there's a larger picture of redemption here for the greater good and so forth. Um, in that scene, I was wondering, why don't you just throw the pig over the bridge? Yeah, like, right. why, why are you waiting so long? Just throw the pig, right? It, a, it never does. Then he just ends up jumping over the thing himself, which is a little weird. Any feedback on that? Just There's there's multiple layers of redemption here, I think, uh, that the story is, is trying to communicate. What do you think, Scott? Yeah. Yeah, there's a moment in The Exorcism where uh, Father Kim gets knocked out and the the girl who's possessed, and as we know, right? I mean, this is a theme in these movies and we know this from the New Testament and from pastoral experience perhaps that the devil knows your secrets and he know, he's going to lie to you and he's going to accuse you and try to bring up your faults to the surface so that you'll despair. So... Um, the girl rises up and the demon starts speaking to Choi because Kim's out of the picture, you know, is unconscious. And she starts talking about his most painful memories of abandoning, uh, you know, running away when his sister was being mauled by a dog. And she says, run away, you know, and she just kind of mocks him. And he does. Again, he runs out of the room. And like you're saying, and then out in the street, he kind of has a memory or a vision maybe of his sister, little Mm -hmm. girl. Remember in the alley, in the darkness of the alley, but she smiles at him as if to say you're forgiven. And he turns around and he runs and he goes back and you know, he doesn't abandon, you know, he doesn't abandon, he doesn't run for his own safety. Yeah. So I definitely saw that as a major, major moment 
And, you know, so I just uh, just want to point out this thing again. Okay, the devil wants to bring up our most uh, awful secrets, the worst thing you've ever done, and keep that in front of you. Uh, so that you'll despair, so that you won't have faith in the Savior, and so that and so forth. Um, that's what she's doing here. That's what she's doing here. And there's a great prayer. I know this is a Catholic thing, but um, the Greek Orthodox have a great prayer in which it says, "There's a line that says, protect me from evil memories." And I, I just that came to mind as I was seeing this. He's haunted by this memory, this evil memory that's plagued his conscience, and he does through this whole. Uh, process somehow find some kind of uh, reconciliation and closure so it's cool yeah it was really cool and identity is a is a significant christian theme that has for a long time been overlooked uh, in terms of who are we really who are we in terms of our our christian character our christian name being found in christ hidden with christ colossians 3 3 right so uh, the great accuser as satan is called in revelation wants to chip away at that uh, as much as he can by bringing up, like you say, sins and faults and failures. So my good friend Jerry Bridges uh, says all the time we have to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Because if you don't every day, then you will forget the radical, scandalous nature of the gospel of incredible forgiveness and new life and new identity in Christ. I mean, that's all over the place in this. And as he's looking, uh, it's just so beautiful, isn't it? And he goes back and... I feel at that point he almost becomes the new Father Kim because Father Kim is arrested, right? Yeah. He, right. The girl yeah. dies. The girl dies at the end, uh, which he knew that was going to happen. And so he gets arrested, and there's no corroboration that this was, in fact, uh, a possession because how do you even defend such a thing like that? How do you even use that as a uh, some kind of a defense? Uh, there's no evidence. So he's arrested, and we're going to assume that he's— maybe not in good shape although it does seem like the girl may live yeah. right mm -hmm. so is, she's going to say well yeah i was i was possessed <laughs> how did you take the ending danny i mean is father kim uh is there going to be the potential for him to be okay or uh, yeah I, I, at the end i'm thinking well you can't be convicted of murder if the person's alive so, well right that's I mean, true yeah. I, I mean, and honestly uh like things seem to have completely that's a very happy ending like the happiest ending in a horror film that we have covered in our 10 years of doing podcasts because like the the blemishes are off the priest's skin uh, her, the 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 girl's hand is is just pure white uh, when it's holding her mom's hand and when it starts moving like all of her bruising and cuts and stuff are gone um you know they, they've completely erased the demon's presence at the end of that movie so so yeah i think he's probably fine he's probably back to teaching uh, music at the university which i think is what he was doing right when he met the girl choir yeah. director yeah he was yeah that's right yeah yeah there was that scene where she was trying out for the choir and she wasn't any good so he told her she had she sounded else. like me right me too well that was another again those little kinds of scenes so this movie just has so many of those where you just kind of laugh especially if you're in pastoral ministry because he she's singing in the and the priest for you know what i'm thinking in my terms of pastor he's just sitting there and he's got this look on his face like you've got to be kidding me like this <laughs> this girl cannot sing and so he basically says no we're gonna find something else for you <laughs> <laughs> and she's like no no i can sing i'm really good and he's like no no i don't think so and i'm thinking 
you know, I could never do that. I would have to find some other way to try to convey. Uh, but he just kind of came right out and was like, eh, we're going to find something else for you. This isn't yeah. your, your yeah. gift. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. Like, he, he was just a great, great character, I thought. Um, but I just love seeing Choi's, his, the end of the film, is, is the depth at which now that he almost is, I don't know, committed, thankful, uh, sees his calling, sees purpose in his life as a priest. It, again, as we come back to that word redemption, I mean, there's, it's just, it's a full circle, you know, for him where he has landed. Very, yeah, let's very, give some credit to his performance there because it it is like a physical weight is lifted off, off of him in that last scene. Like, it is crazy how, refer, it's like he's back from a two-week vacation or something. Once, you know, it, the demon's taken care of, and he realizes that he sort of redeemed himself for his uh, for his sister's death, and and he's he's saved the world in this case, uh, taking care of one of the big evils. And he just he just I mean, it's amazing the uh, the weight his performance has there. For I mean, I was impressed with the acting all around in a film where I can't understand the language. Right, it's, yeah. uh, it was that impactful, despite the fact that. You know, this is not a language I'm familiar with. Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, when we're first introduced to Choi, you know, there's like this montage of scenes where he's sneaking beer into the dorms or where they're playing cards or where he's, you know, falling asleep in class. And, you know, I mean, he seems like he's kind of a, you know, kind of a goof off. And um, he gets called into this very serious thing. And first, he's not sure you know, who to be loyal to, and maybe Kim is a madman, and we talks to the previous deacon whom he's replacing. That guy acted like he'd ate, you know, was was a lot older than he should be, and that that Kim really made him insane. And so so you don't you do see Choi evolve and and it's uh most clear right in that final scene. Let's talk just for a minute about the idea of the greater good. At the beginning the car that has the pre the two priests, as I mentioned, and they're clinging on to the what we know now was a piglet and uh, that was possessed. Something happens in an alley, but we don't get to see what happens. It it caused the car to stop for a while, and then it kept moving on. And then there's a really dramatic scene of the car getting hit by a truck, and then get hit again, and it was not good. But then a little later, we realized that the car stopped in the alley because they had hit a girl. But they didn't stop to see if she was okay or to get her to a hospital or to help her in any way. They had to keep going to get that pig into the river because we knew at the end they only had one hour to do that and all the forces of evil were going to be against them and so forth. Uh, It reminds me a little bit, this is a loose connection, but I, I thought about Day of the Dead. Dr. Frankenstein, they're down under the, you know, the military bunker and everything, and he is using the bodies of military to conduct experiments in order to try to find a way to get out of this zombie mess. You ultimately get shot for it because it seemed as such a immoral and disgusting and dishonorable thing to do. What about that in this movie? You know, is there a, is there a greater good? where uh, we're, we're going to keep uh, evil away from this city, from a larger population, where we can hit uh, a 13-year-old and not stop. I don't know if, did you all wrestle with that at all, or was it 
more you know so hidden underneath all the other things that it doesn't really come out that uh, in that way but i i think it's there i think it's something that that we need to con contemplate because the movie on the one hand is very individual it's a story about Choi and and his personal redemption from his past to his present but then there's also this corporate um universal good that's happening on behalf of the people and so where where does that line fall what do you think danny i don't know i there, there's there's definitely the element that these people are working behind the scenes to keep everyone safe like that that is there uh that they're making the sacrifices so you know other people can you know can live but um I hadn't actually even thought about the fact that they just left her there in the alley. Um, I barely even registered that that had happened, so I okay. haven't given any thought. Yeah. You're correct that that is what happened, but I, I hadn't really registered it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, you know, Philip, you, you've made it clear to me what that opening scene was. I, I didn't. I didn't get it, you know, it didn't, and I didn't know I didn't get it. I just thought, well, that was kind of a confusing opening. And then the rest of the movie unwound and I didn't know that, but now that I've heard you talk about it, I said, oh, that's what they were doing. They are coming back around. And so, no, at the time I watched it, I, I missed a lot of that. The reason that it's, it's kind of important to me right now in the, the situation that I'm in pastorally uh, is because it's questions of extreme individualism. So what I'm experiencing right now with the COVID situation are Christians who are very, very good people, but they are responding to this cultural reality in extreme individual, individualistic ways, personal rights, and you can't make me do that. And it seems like there's a little bit of a loss of the greater good, the idea that we're here to serve neighbor and not just to ask what is it that I can get out of this for myself or how can I protect my own interest and the rights that are due uh, to me and that scene for whatever reason just registered with me in that because it's that question has to be asked where's the balance between our personal rights and the individual uh, freedoms we have in Christ which are certainly there we don't want to negate that but where does that fit in with our corporate responsibility for the greater good of other people? And the, I think the movie spoke to that. Both sides of those were there. You know what I mean? With Choi's story, but also basically saving soul in some ways that get this demon uh, from possessing other children and so forth. Yeah, I would just build on that a little bit because you remember, so when Choi runs away, and but then he comes back and, you know, Kim has... Um, uh, you know, woken up from his having been knocked out, and they're they're talking in the alley before they go back up for round two. And you know, he, Kim realizes that Choi has kind of had his eyes opened, and he's going to be an exorcist now. And he says, "You're no longer the assistant. Now you're one of the main guys." But then he says things like, "You know, with this life, no one's ever going to thank you. No one's ever going to know what you're doing." But you're going to be doing good anyway. Something to that effect. And Choi nods and he knows and he takes on the mantle. So there is this element that Kim has and is imparting to Choi that we're doing something for the, 
you know, really good, very important that may not even, no one may even know you're doing it and you're doing it for the good of others. And so I, I just thought that was a, from, from that scene, I, I got this, uh, that it was very powerful, very powerful note. And, you know, that seemed to bring Kim some peace at the end when he's being arrested and he knows why he's being arrested. It's unjust. Uh, the Lord knows what's happened, right? Choi knows, but no one else knows. But it seems like he was taking his own advice, right? He wasn't screaming and pleading his case. He, no one else may know, but I'm doing what I'm doing because it's right. And he was okay with that. It's interesting. Um, Danny, let me ask you this. Was this movie scary to you? Hmm. Hey, uh, I, I, uh a couple of scenes and I, I meant to talk about it earlier when you were talking about the flashback to the, to the, the sister. Uh, I think the way they handled the animals in this movie was pretty frightening. Uh, I thought that dog was absolutely threatening, uh, in the scene, the, the flashback to the mauling. And I'm really glad they did not show the pig in the opening scene, because for me, that was the highlight of the movie horror wise. Uh, once he tries to escape with that pig and the thing is growling and it's using the demon's powers to pull down telephone poles and uh, it is really threatening. And, and I did think that was, you know, uh, at least pretty thrilling, the, those those scenes with uh, the escape there, the, uh, trying to get the pig into the water. Uh, that could have been so goofy and it instead was incredibly effective. Yeah, you know, you just said using the powers of darkness to cause all these things to happen. When I was first watching the attempt to get to the river and cars just kept running into each other. I mean, this was like 25 cars, it seemed like, just keep piling in. And, and I was like, come on, man, this is kind of overkill, isn't it? I mean, can't these people see that there's a major accident? Just put on your brakes. But then I thought, well, maybe there's something more happening here that, beyond just it's just a normal accident right that there's a, there is powers of darkness. and it sounds like that's how you took it as well yeah a bunch of the actual uh, crashing down of things are, are cut following like the the you know the pig looking to the left and doing a you know a sound a demonic grunt and then they cut to the thing happening so i, I was at least taking it as a cause and effect relationship yeah what did you think, uh, Scott, about, you know, the possession, the demon going into the pig? As you've already mentioned, this is obviously a clear uh, biblical reality when Jesus uh, puts legion into the pig and drowns and all that kind of stuff. Um, when, it, when I first when I realized I thought they were going to do, I thought, oh, man, this is going to be the ultimate in cheesiness. Like, this is never going to work. But it kind of did, didn't it? I mean, what did you think about that? Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought that the last maybe half hour was 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 very very moving. I thought that it was it was an okay movie. I was I was enjoying it. I wouldn't say it was scary, but it wasn't. It was a pretty good movie. But that last half hour, there were so many things going on in there that it actually kind of moved me. Um, the act, you know, the actual exorcism. I mean, when they start, they're doing all this kind of stuff. We've got the bell of St. Francis. We're putting salt around the bed. 
you know, they're doing all these little things that really aren't that big a deal. And I was even noticing, and I wrote this down, through most of the exorcism, they never mention the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. They talk about the Archangel Michael. They even talk about the Holy Ghost. But they don't ever mention Christ until the end, after a bunch of stuff has gone on. Finally, once the demon tells them who he is and what he's going to do, he's going to kill everybody in the world, um, then Father Kim quietly... He doesn't say Jesus, but he quietly says, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, get out. You yeah. know, there's been a lot of shouting. He's been strapping people down. There's been all kinds of phenomena. But he quietly says the name of the Trinity and says, get out. And and it heals her. She's complete, you know. Um, yeah, it goes into the pig. And I thought that was well done. I, I Yeah, it could have been really cheesy. You do see sort of a change visually in the pig and its behavior, yeah. but quickly Choi wraps it up in his vestments, and so you don't really see it, you know, this demon pig. You hear it, um, but when he's running with it, the focus is on him and what's going on around him. Um, yeah, it, I thought they, they had the right balance of showing you stuff and also not showing you stuff. Yeah, point. I can't agree more. The exorcism right. itself was pretty was pretty good too, right? With the uh, the roaches crawling down the wall, coming out of the woodwork and crawling down the wall, the the rats uh, just mm-hmm. swarming into the room, the flies everywhere. I, I think it all looked pretty good. Agreed. Two more things I, I want to bring up. If are are you guys uh, Harry Potter fans? Have you all seen the films? And mm, not so much me. Yeah, no? I am. We're, okay, it's a family you, thing. Do you remember, I can't remember which film it is, but they, they find the mirror and you, if you look into the mirror, it shows you, um, what you most long for, like something that's going to be really peaceful to you, what you want to see. Yeah. Do you remember? And the problem with the mirror is that you never leave. You never get on with your life because you're just so captivated by this is the thing I want to see. And you just sit in front of the mirror, like for the rest of your life and look at it. So it's actually harmful, even though it's showing you something beautiful you know the the demon in this movie was the exact opposite it showed you the worst scott was talking about this the the accusations that it was going but when you try to apply that uh maybe we shouldn't (laughs) but when you think uh, it could help like i i was sitting there thinking what would this demon show me what would it show me what would what would cause me to run out of that room I, the roaches didn't cause joy. The rats didn't. You know, I wouldn't be real thrilled with uh, spiders crawling all over me, but I would probably hang in there. You know, I mean, if this is really happening and I'm here to save this girl, but psychologically, spiritually, emotionally, what could that demon show me that would cause me uh, to buckle and to and to run and not really necessarily something that we want to dwell on, but it kind of, it makes you ask that question. And then how am I doing with that thing? You know, how, what's my response to that in my, in my life and how am I addressing it? And and of course I would say there's only one real uh, solution to that, but I just, I'll just ask you, Scott, is that something that you've ever really thought about? You know, like what, yeah, not, I'm not asking you what that is. I'm just saying, have you have you have you processed that? Yeah, know, a little all? bit, a little bit. You know, it reminded me of the movie, um, the movie in the novel, Ghost Story. Okay, mm-hmm. um, because the I don't know if you saw the movie written by P. 
Peter Straub and then the movie. I don't know if you remember that at all. Well, anyway, one of the things they asked is, is these old men that sit around and tell ghost stories to each other. And one line that gets said repeatedly is something like, what's the worst thing you've ever done? And they all have a seat in that movie. Those guys all have a secret about something really bad that they did. But, you know, that line, you know, what's the worst thing you've ever done? The devil knows the answer to that. And he doesn't want you to forget it. He wants, mm-hmm. you know, even if it, you know, or, or you know, whatever it is, it, it might not even be one thing. It might be a whole a catalog of things. But, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that that is a very powerful thing psychologically and um, speaking spiritually, um, pastorally as well. Yeah. No, yeah. I thought I thought of ghost story also, and I mean it's a pretty common trope. To be fair, that the the creature, you know, takes advantage of your worst fears, the, the worst of yourself, kind of thing. It's also in, kind of in Stephen King's It, but uh, yeah, I think, it's, I, I think that is a the reason it's a common trope is that it's a powerful thought. You know, where where does your weakness lie, and how do you face something that's going to bring your weakness in front of you? So. I think in films like this, they tend to do a good job of of, of, of pulling back a few more layers on that. And you, you get more to regret than just I, I, something I did that was that was bad. You know, like uh, I, I shouldn't have said that or whatever. But it seems there's there seems to be an emotional weight of deep regret. You know, and I, that would probably be what it would be for me. I, not just, man, I wish I had made a better decision there, but it's larger than that. Like a, um, um, a whole attitude almost uh, concerning a portion of life or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's just, it was just so well done, I yeah. thought, uh, in the film. And the last thing, let's talk about the scene where the priests come and they have to wait their turn to get in to see the girl. Uh, because the shaman is there. It, it sounds like that was really interesting to you, Scott. So I'll yeah. start with you. But I, I, this this was a neat thing. I thought. But tell tell us about it. Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a lot to say, but it 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 is really reminiscent of a I think a 2016 movie from South Korea called The Wailing. This is a movie we should at some point probably discuss. The Wailing. And it's, um, like I said, it's also South Korean, and it's about possession, but there are no Catholic priests in it. The whole thing is about shamanism. It's about Korean shamans, this family, trying to trying to exercise this girl, and it doesn't really work out very well. And, yeah, I mean, in terms of the costume, in terms of the, the beating of the drums, it was that moment in this movie was just a few seconds, but in that other movie, it's a major, major plot point. Yeah, well, I just, it was just interesting from a parent's perspective, we'll do whatever we can do, right? Yeah. I mean, if, if you think you've got a shot at helping my daughter, come on, come and, come and do it. You know, we, we would do this sometimes with uh, medicine, doctors. I heard about this guy at the Mayo Clinic who does this. Great, let's go over there then. And we're going to do everything we can do to protect our children. Uh, but that, that scene where they're basically just hanging out, you know, and uh, just sitting there, and it seemed like the shaman and the priests were, you know, okay, your turn, yeah. <laughs> you know, like see what you can do, kind of thing. And uh, it was just really fascinating that they thought to put that in there because it, you know, that would have been easy, easy to leave out. 
you know, well, that the, could, pri- the priest and the shaman are like talking about, so how's your daughter? You know, I mean, they're talking about, <laughs> you, you know, their families they are just kind of swapping news. Uh, you know, so, okay, say hi to your wife next time. You're, you know, I mean, it was that kind of conversation. So it, it seemed like they are in the same business. And, you know, it's, it's like if you're in the same business as someone in the same town, you're going to cross paths. Right. Father Kim even told Choi, said, you know, that shaman, whatever his name is, and he's pretty good. <laughs> so <laughs> right. so maybe, we're, maybe we don't even have to do anything. He might take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty true. Good. Oh, man, it's so funny. All right, well, that's primarily what I had on the priests. Any guys, either, anything else you want to fill in? I have two things, if you don't Great. mind. Um, okay, so the first thing is... When they're exercising the girl, she says a line like this several times. I wrote down one of the quotes. She says, we came to prove you are nothing but monkeys. Did you guys catch that? Hmm. I thought that whole section. I remember the line, yeah. Yeah, that whole section was really fascinating to me. I knew one of you would bring that up. Yeah, I mean, she says it like three times at least. We're here to pre- – you're just monkeys. We can't- now, with the exorcism movies, um, especially with the exorcist, you know, 1973, the exorcist, the idea of science and faith. Right. The, you, know, the, the, you know, do we solve our problems with science and in the exorcist – you know, medicine and the best technology we have can't help your daughter. You might need to go to the church. And here, I thought it was interesting that it was the demon who's trying to uh, convince the priests <laughs> or the world of a materialistic worldview, that there mm-hmm. is no God. There is, you are nothing but matter and energy. Over time, you evolved and from nothing. I just thought that it was interesting that it was the, it was the demon who was proposing that kind of worldview, and and I mean she said it two or three times, so I think it was meant to be sort of a point. Very interesting to me. I don't know if you guys what you thought about it. I think what's interesting the difference between this movie and The Exorcist is the main exorcist, Father Kim, in this uh, case, he was pretty rock solid the whole time. Like yeah. it, it, we we didn't really see layers of doubt in him he knew what this thing was and what it was going to take and that's why he's gone through four different assistants but the assistants it seems were the ones that were struggling a little bit more i don't know if choice so much with doubting the existence of god but he certainly didn't have the same level of this is actually this stuff actually happens exorcisms actually occur until he was with kim and in the in the room so yeah yeah, yeah. i definitely noticed that so the last think, thing, the other, I don't know if Danny, did you want to comment on that one or, or do you have something? No, I just, I just really thought the, the whole, the insult that, that uh, humans were no different than they were when they were Neanderthals was uh, just not something I expected to come out of the demon's mouth. I thought it was a really interesting line uh, and the little segment of that, that you know, when she's trying to find the, the weakness the demon's trying to find the weakness that one thing it goes for is that, you know, humans aren't all that special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is and, ironic, right? Coming from yeah, a demon. Yeah. 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 Well, it's a lie because, you know, again, you know, as Christians know, I mean, we believe that our worldview says that humans are made in the image and likeness of God. We are distinguished from all other creatures in that respect. And it is a lie of the devil to say you are nothing but animals. You are nothing more than monkeys. And, you know, anyway, I just thought that was very profound. 
uh, in this movie. If you want to just really take it to the next level, you know, using the plural personal pronoun, we have yeah. come, right? Yeah. So we obviously we, we have no problem understanding we're talking about multiple demons potentially. But if you go to Genesis 1 and 2, mm-hmm. and when we see about being created in the image of God, you have a Trinitarian formula there. Yeah. So it says we um, let us, right? The personal plural. Yeah. Let us create man in our image. So you have, you have Trinity and anti-Trinity in that scene right there. Cool. Really pretty. Yeah. The, the, the last thing I noticed, and, and you know, so the, you know, when Choi finally gets serious, he lights up the incense and he starts swinging the incense and he starts singing because he was in the choir from an earlier scene. You know, the dean of the seminary was saying, well, you're going to have to practice all summer because the pope is coming. Oh, but not you, because you're going to go to help this priest. So when Choi's in the choir, he starts chanting, he starts singing while he's swinging this incense. It's in Latin, but it to me as a lutheran a liturgical protestant i recognized it this is this was a this is a beautiful hymn about easter is what he was singing it, i mean that is exact we have it in you know it's we have it in english in my lutheran hymnal but but it, it's a it's an old medieval song about the resurrection of jesus christ it was the clearest most powerful piece in the movie of declaring christ as the victor of course it was in latin but you know to he who has ears let him hear that was what i heard and i thought for me that was really really cool and for the record the pope was coming to south korea when this was filmed no way yeah he visited in 2014 so i had to look it up yeah that's pretty cool but it is neat scott how a couple of times we see um, God referenced in Trinitarian form during the exorcism. And as you said, the final time is when the actual uh, demon was exorcised from. Well, uh, I mean, for, for a movie that is produced in a country... Now, of all, of all co- ca- countries in Southeast Asia, South Korea probably has the largest Christian population. It, I looked it up. It's about 30% of the population identify as Christians, and only about 10% are Roman Catholics. But in Asia, you know, that's a really high number. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but, but it's interesting that a, a movie about Catholic priests in that kind of culture with that kind of audience would have what is pretty much a pretty, um, uh, I would say, accurate portrayal of, of, of the faith, you know, from a Catholic perspective. I, I was impressed. I, I thought there could be there was all sorts of room for them to mess this up, as Hollywood usually does. Right. You know, when Hollywood usually tries to talk about the church of any kind, of any stripe, it it gets it all goofed up, with some exceptions. But here's one that is not coming from a, a historically very uh, dominant Christian uh, context, and and they they do I think a remarkable job. The director and the producers do a remarkable job of getting it pretty good doing a pretty good job with it I, I wonder here if the director is it's kind of a, analogous of William Peter Blatty because his first film is also about a priest oh, so he yeah. may be actually coming you know from a pretty strong Catholic background that's interesting I didn't know that hmm. yeah I'd want to check into that I, I know just a little tidbits now the other thing I liked about Choi was 
he came across at the beginning like he's cheating on Tess and he's drinking and he's just kind of him hauling his way through seminary, maybe not really paying much attention, you know, he's sleeping through exorcism class and whatever. But then, <laughs> did you notice like when the time came, we what was presented to us was actually somebody the newest stuff. He was yeah. reciting Bible verses left and right. He knew exactly where he was supposed to be. He knew what. Uh, it rem- you know, it's weird how this things make you think of movies that don't have anything to do with anything. But it, it reminded me of oh, what's the Tom Cruise movie? The famous scene, you know, you can't handle the truth when he's the lawyer. Oh know? yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah. Um, I just want the truth, and then it's um, yeah, right. Uh, you get. You know I can't remember the Jack name of the movie, but yeah. Few good men. The, few few good men. men. At the beginning of the movie, all he cares about is softball. Like he's he's playing softball and he's practiced and it seems like he doesn't even care a thing about law and he doesn't know what he's doing and the, uh, but then he just on a dime he turns it on and it sh- he shows that he's you know incredible at what he does and he knows all the stuff and he, it just reminded me of that you know out of, all of a sudden he's just reciting all of these Bible verses and everything it was very 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 appropriate and really, yeah, <laughs> uh, my, really my wife and I have a pet peeve in movies and I guess also a thing we look for. Uh, to counter it is that when people who should be good at their job are incompetent. Um, So I always appreciate when people are good at their job. So absolutely notice that father Kim was spouting everything in Korean and he was immediately backing it up with his Latin. He, you know, he he knew his stuff for the ritual. Yeah. One last thing about the Bach scene. My, when I, when he went over to play Bach, the first thing I thought of, I know it's got to be something bigger than this. Um, but the first thing I saw, do you know how uh, Bach would, the, you know what initials he would put at the end of his music? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, Jesu Juva or Soli Deo Gloria? Yeah, SDG, Soli yeah. Deo Gloria, right? Yeah. And uh, I just wondered if that had something to do with that, or was there something I don't know about the music of Bach that would be relevant for the I, exorcism scene? I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know that much about Bach, to be honest. I, so I was curious as to what selection he pulled out and what that was. I, I, I wasn't sure. Yeah. 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 I'm sure it means something, you know, I mean, they, everything direct- did. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. I have absolutely no idea, but if you search for Bach and exorcism, there is a ton of stuff on the net. So <laughs> okay. I assume there is something, some connection. Well, she even, I mean, the demon even says, oh, you know, I hate Bach. <laughs> right. you know, I, I told him to, you know, violate his sister and all kinds of horrible, horrible, right. demonic things. But it was, I mean, it's it was, just it was so kind of, funny. Like he goes over and pops over the discman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the CD. <laughs> right. A disc player. Right. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Anything else, Danny, on your end? No, uh, that, that is it for me. All right. Well, this has been fun. Uh, I think we all would recommend The Priest. Uh, it's going to be hard to watch, so you can't stream it, which is really a bummer. You know, I, It seems like this movie might get a little bit more attention in the States because it's getting great reviews if you could actually stream it. I don't know how many people like us are going to be just willing to buy it and not know anything about it. You know? Absolutely worth picking up for $10. Bucks, uh, that was, yeah. Glad to made that purchase. No yeah. doubt about it. Recommend it for sure. Okay, well, that's us tonight uh, at The Blackest Eyes. Thanks for listening. Again, be sure you're liking us, following us on Facebook and Twitter, and we will continue to let you know uh, what's coming up and when 
uh, episodes are published and so forth. Love to hear from you. Let us know what you think about the movie. If you have, in fact, seen The Priests, we'd love to have your take. Uh, so keep the conversation going with us. Until next time, on behalf of Scott and Danny, my name is Philip, and we'll see you next time. Stay scared out there and be careful. Bye-bye.